Hi there, I'm Matt Lennox King, President and CEO of Contact Gold. We are a uh, Toronto Venture listed gold exploration company focused on the great state of Nevada. We've got our two key projects on uh, Nevada's main gold producing trends. And those projects are Pony Creek on the Carlin trend and Green Springs on the uh, Cortez trend. Matt, good to see you. Been a couple of years. I think we saw you at uh, One to One London, 2019, December. I'm not mistaken. How have you been? You, you, you've managed to survive the uh, COVID onslaught. We we have. It's certainly been different, um, as it has for everyone. But yeah, no, we we've done really well. Um, we've done an awful lot of of cleanup behind the scenes at Contact Gold. Um, we went through uh, something that's called a very exciting name. It's called a corporate redomicile. Oh, tell me all about it. it sounds sounds fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was a thrilling subject at our board meetings over a, a period of time uh, to bring the company's registered head office, not our actual head office, but registered head office from Nevada back up to Vancouver. And that simplifies things uh, from a regulatory point of view. If you're Canadian listed but registered in the United States, it adds a, a U.S. layer of regulatory framework and, and busyness. So by eliminating that simplifies us. We really look like every other Canadian registered and domiciled uh, and listed uh, exploration company now. A dull but necessary part of the, uh, sorting out the admin back behind the curtains. Right. Uh, the other thing yeah. uh, we you did mention last time was obviously the Waterton component um, being doing a bit of tidying up there too, I understand. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Waterton has been um, a major shareholder since day one in the company. So for the last four and a half years now, um, and out of the gate, they owned a second class of shares or preferred shares, um, which had various, we'll say, bells and whistles or rights associated with them. Um, so we went through a process in late 2020 to clean that up. Now, Waterton, they still own 33% of the common equity, but that's all they own. So their interests in the company are very much aligned both with, both with management board and, and the rest of the common equity holders. Right. Okay. So admin talked about tech, park it up. I, ne- I need to talk about what's been going on since we spoke. Okay. So you, it's, you, you guys, you, when you've invested in this company, it was a buck. When we spoke, it was 17 cents. Today, it's, I think it's a six cents this morning. Um, it has been a steady downward slide. Market cap was 10 million when we spoke two years ago. It's 15 million now. This thing is not moving. It's not generating these sorts of interest that you hoped it would. It's Nevada Gold Play, right, postcode. You've got a team of people. You've got John Dorwood, Rocks Gold, who, who's, you know, sold the company last year. You've got George Salamis, Integra Resources, you know, and Integra Gold before that sold sold, sold that. You John, um, you know, Wenger. You got all the names. You got the shareholders. No one cares. What's going wrong? Yeah, and uh, I always say that's a good question, but that is a good question. Um, look, I think through some of that admin or cleanup, our share count, it's inflated. It's 301 million shares outstanding today from our original base of 50 million shares. So we have had to issue equity over the years and specifically as part of that Waterson cleanup. Um, I think that that's certainly been part of it. I think in the Canadian capital markets, when we came out of the gate four years ago, um, we likely came out at too high a valuation. Our, our market value was 50 million bucks in the market post money. Um, at the time, the junior market was hot, Nevada was hot, and that was 
that seemed appropriate in hindsight, yeah, we came out too high. Um, and then with the increased share count, you know, that doesn't necessarily give the equity room to breathe. I think where we are today at 15, 16 million dollar market cap underpinned by, and I think I'm jumping ahead here, underpinned by that Pony Creek resource of 433,000 ounces, that that offers pretty exceptional value in the market. Previous performance aside, um, I think the value today, you could argue that we're valued for Pony Creek and then the Green Springs project and all that upside is the sidecar or the upside associated with, this, with the story. Right. I think it's fair to say super overvalued went out of the gate and not, not the first and you probably won't be the last to you know see, see that kind of profile um, and I get that the market came off in the last six months for precious metal companies too but four years to get to a 433 ounce at 0.5 t uh, gram uh, per ton gold it, it's kind of why, why put a resource out with less than half a million ounces why not keep drilling what what I don't understand the plan here because if you're going to stand out amongst a sea of small exploration companies, irrespective of you know this tier one jurisdiction, they you know, lots of people claiming they're in a tier one jurisdiction with lots of history of mining. Why go down that road of resource now rather than drill out to the edge of the envelope, which is a quote that gets thrown at me a lot? Sure thing. Um, the edge of the envelope in this case it is certainly unknown. We, we believe that the edge of that envelope is going to be quite far outside where we are at 433,000 ounces. Um, you know, the, the view or the vision when we acquired Pony Creek four years ago was that this could host a million, million and a half, two million ounces down the road. Um, the, I suppose, lack of progress <clears throat> or slower progress in that regard related to simply a drawn out permitting process. It was nothing that Contact Gold had done or our team had done, but simply that the Bureau of Land Management took far longer to process that permit application than we should have. So in a normal circumstance, we would have been able to deliver this resource estimate a year and a half ago. So it's what he's saying to, 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 to shareholders who've got in before today, luck of the draw, it didn't work out, deal with it. For new people looking at you, potentially investing in you, going actually, you're getting good value. That that, that there's a real tension there between um, overhang of investors waiting, you know, waiting to see if this thing can actually move, and then getting out of it at some point in the near future if if this if the share price does move, and new new potentially shareholders or investors looking at this going. Do you know what? Yeah, nearly half a million uh, ounces in Nevada sounds good at, at, at this at this valuation. That's that's kind of interesting. But they're also going to be looking at the the overhang of the shareholders. Perhaps didn't quite get the timing right. So how, how do you, how do you play that? And how do you play through that? More importantly, well, you, you certainly don't stand still. Um, you know, I would say that for me, likely no one has been in the story longer than I have. So I, I put money in when it was private. I put money in at a dollar per share. I put in a lot of money at a dollar per share. And I still hold and own every single share of contact that I've ever bought um, and put in additional capital in our private placement round that, that we spoke about earlier and closed in late November. So as far as commitment from myself, the directors, the rest of the team, 
uh, we're fully committed and, and we're the longest holding, longest standing shareholders in the company at the moment. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been a struggle, but the value that we see being able to create from here at that, from that $16 million market cap, six cent share price to wherever it ends up, we think that's going to be likely quite significant. But do you know what you're chasing now? Because if I look at back at the beginning of 2021, you have some real, you know, high grade headline numbers out there. I think you kind of set expectation about what this could be, like 10.7 grams over, you know, nearly four and a half, over four and a half meters, right? You know, nearly two and a half meters, uh, two and a half grams per ton over 35 meters. It, it, it felt bigger than where we've ended up with the resource, right? So again, do you think there's a little bit of sort of getting people to understand what it is that you're chasing and then explaining what this drill program is going to do as, as a result of that? So maybe it might be time to sort of tell us a little bit about the, because you talk about being fully funded for the drill program, but what does that mean in terms of actual cash terms? I know you raised three million bucks for Christmas, but what are you going to do at Green Springs? What are you going to do at Pony Creek? And why, why is that going to change the narrative? Yeah, yeah, sir. Maybe the, the, the right place to start there is to give a bit more context about Nevada gold deposits and, and the Nevada gold business in general. Um, so if we look in a global context, uh, operating gold mines and current resources in Nevada do tend to be low grade. The average, and you can, you can do that average any number of different ways. We'll say the average grade of an open pit oxide, so amenable to heat bleaching, gold deposit in Nevada is on the order of 0.45 grams per tonne. So that Pony Creek resource, the initial resource at Pony Creek, is right in the ballpark, right down the fairway for a Nevada gold deposit or open pit gold deposit. The all-in sustaining cost to produce an ounce of gold in Nevada, again, different people will do it different ways, but it's between $1,000 US and $1,100 US per ounce meaning this morning, this morning Vancouver time, um, at 1870 US per ounce, those Nevada gold operations are making fantastic margins. And really that's what we and most every other, I hope most every other exploration company in Nevada is chasing are that technically simple, shallow or at surface, uh, high margin gold deposits. So that's ultimately what we've been exploring for and now started defining at first Pony Creek and then Green Springs. So I think that's always good context. And and within these uh, large low-grade systems that we see in Nevada, typically Carlin systems, um, it is very common within your lower-grade deposit to have higher-grade sections, intercepts associated with faults or, or structures. Right. So, yeah. So that's the context. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so let's talk about the projects. Then. So that, that's the context. And thanks for saying that. We have lots of companies on here you know, tell the same story. So, you know, we can, we can um, validate, you know, what, what you said there. So how are you tackling this? Because you're, you're also cash constrained here. And I kind of want to, I do want to come back to the, the, the water treatment component in a second, but you're cash constrained to say, what you do, you got to be really smart. You got to be really lucky, um, and you know you got to make damn sure that you're you know you're adding to um, the 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 accretive story here. So how how do you go about doing that, and, and what's the end mark which is going to get you noticed? Because the one million ounce resource doesn't touch the size these days. So 
Again, how, how do you get to that point? Yeah, yeah. again, so we'll start with Green Springs because that, that's really first on the docket for drilling this year. So at Green Springs in 2021, we made three gold discoveries. Two are at surface, high-grade oxide gold discoveries, um, brand new target areas that we uh, developed, permitted, and ultimately drilled. And the, the other one sits beneath the old Green Springs mine. So in the case of the two uh, outcropping or near surface discoveries, these are called Tango and X-Ray. The names really don't matter in the wider context of things. Um, we'll be coming back there in early March with a drill. The initial follow-up drill program on those targets will be on the order of 3,500 meters. It'll be roughly 35 holes. We're talking shallow drilling, sort of 100 meters. And the goal there is to expand the footprint, maintain the grade profile, and start to push our way towards, uh, towards resources. Now, there's always some question, is it this program? Is it next program that gets you there? And that typically depends on how well the, rock, how well the rocks cooperate. But what we see are intercepts up to 45 and 55 meters, Grades locally well in excess of a gram and the ability to keep growing with the drills. That's, that's Green Springs out of the gate. We think there's a huge, well, a huge opportunity there to expand these. And then later in the year, we would like to come back, test some of the more outlying targets. Um, and one of the interesting things about Green Springs is that immediately across the valley to the west, we, we have a new neighbor called Caliber Mining. And so Caliber, uh, a month ago, uh, on January 12th, closed the acquisition of Fiore Gold. So this was Tim Warman's vehicle. They have the Pan Mine, the Gold Rock Development Project, ge uh, geologically very, very similar to what we are exploring and looking to develop at Green Springs. Um, and certainly that's a new entrant, 100 million US on the balance sheet. Um, and certainly we think makes the neighborhood a lot more exciting than just having us down at Green Springs. Right, and um, so what's the cost per meter in terms of drilling? I know it's relatively yeah, shallow. Good, so. Yeah, great question. We're looking to be, um, with the drill bit, uh, that would be roughly set about $80 US per meter for reverse circulation drilling. Um, we Loading that up with assay costs and geology costs as well, tends to come in around 150 um, our drill contract this year will be done on an hourly basis instead of on a per meter basis, but that should be where we come in on a fully loaded per meter cost of about 150. Okay, and then so um, just so what remind me again, Pony Creek, the meters being drilled there. Pony Creek, uh, that program is still under development. Um, we're likely we're targeting roughly a half million dollar U.S. program, and that's to come in to that Pony Creek resource, and there are some very obvious areas that we think we can come in with a very efficient program and add about 50% to that resource for relatively minimal investment. Right. Okay. And that, that again would be two, 3000 meter program. Again, depending on how efficient that drilling is. Right. And, and so that is, that's within this 3 million bucks that you, you raised and whatever cash you had on top of that. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, the, so potentially this, the end of this drill season, somewhere 
nearish 6,000 meters of additional drilling across That's both. Yeah. Right, okay, okay. And it's if, and obviously what, I, what we've seen in the past with in Nevada is a fairly homogenous deposit, right? Especially at those sort of grades, but you're seeing above the, the, uh, the grades you've seen in the, in the resource, which is 0.5 T, you're sort of seeing nearer a meter with a lot of this drilling. Do you expect that to sort of come out at the 0.5-ish mark eventually? I would expect so. Right. I would expect so. Our expectation for Pony Creek specifically is that it'll maintain between that 0.5 and 0.6 range based on what we've seen so far and, and based on what we see in the wider Pony Creek district. Right. And so what, what were the cost of the answers on the resource? I mean, as in... How many meters did you drill, and what was what was the what was the cost of of those meters drilled to get to you know four hundred thirty three thousand inferred ounces? Yeah, sure thing. So to date, we in Canadian dollars, we've spent ten point five million at Pony Creek. That's including permitting cost, assay cost, drill cost, staking, geophysics, geochemistry. So the fully the fully loaded exploration package at Green Springs has been approximately 10.5 million Canadian. I, at Pony Creek, I beg your pardon. At, at Pony, Pony Creek, Creek, yeah. And and so just, just so to understand, that's, Pony Creek is the current resource, yeah? Entirely, everything. That is right. correct, yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, and how does that compare to the other, you know, um, explorers in, in the district in terms of their numbers? Yeah, yeah. So our I'll do it on a, on a per meter basis. At Pony Creek, we've drilled just under twenty six thousand meters, or twenty six kilometers of drilling uh, in twenty seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. Um, our neighbor that ties onto our northern boundary is Gold Standard Ventures, another another Canadian listed uh, entity. Their current ounces in the ground are roughly three million uh, ounces, all categories. They have drilled, I believe today, well in excess of 150,000 meters. Okay, it, so, cl close enough. Close, close enough. enough yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Understood. Um, right. So, um, given, given cash constraint, given what the market's uh, doing to you at the moment, I not paying attention. Do you, you, what, what do you think you need to do? You say right, we need to update this this uh, resource of ours, and in, in, whether it be inferred or not, we need to update that just to get notice. We recognise that a million ounces probably there's a lot of one million ounce stories in North America and more, more, more broadly. This bulk stuff doesn't usually catch the eye. So how how do you get to the point where you do get notice? These bulk these bulk stories have a very different sort of profile in the market compared to the high grade chasing these high grade veins we've seen what's happening in in up in canada so again it just comes back to how you play this in terms of the ability to um, capture the market's attention to raise cheaper money because it's expensive right now for you um, or bring in strategic partners or get an nsr on this thing or any number of solutions that you've probably thought about and talk about every week. So t share with us what, what that thinking is. Yeah, absolutely. So within Nevada, so we, we, we touched on this earlier on, but within Nevada, we, we agree that it is a wonderful place to explore. Um, like anywhere else, it, it has its quirks, but, but there, there is a very, it's a good place to be. Within Nevada, there are better places to be, i.e. on the Carlin trend, on the Cortez trend, um, and I would suggest that on top of that, there are even better places to be 
within the Carlin trend and within the Cortez trend. So where we are with Pony Creek, starting there, we tie on immediately and, and we're interfingered with the southern boundary of Gold Standard Ventures. Gold Standard Ventures is in the process of permitting and will soon be in the process of building Nevada's next open pit gold mine, but that they call the South Railroad Project. So to us, you know, consolidation of that district has always been a very logical step. It doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow, but we think that that's something very logical and, and we all believe in consolidation over time. So what that means is that Pony Creek does not necessarily need to become a standalone operation, even though we have that confidence that it can and will. It can become a smaller part of a larger, larger gold mining complex, perhaps. But yours or someone else's? Well, in, th- in that case, we were about 10% the size of Gold Standard Ventures as far as, as, far as the market goes. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, that's, that's but you, you say, I'm setting myself up to be taken out by Gold Standard on that particular, on Pony Creek. Yeah. That's right. a, look, that, that's an outcome, but I would never approach a project with that being my only goal. I think that's where you really set yourself up for failure. You still need to approach the project. Uh, I would call it a total project approach. So you're doing the, the top line geology work, you're doing the metallurgy, you're doing the modeling. And in the case of Pony, we think that there's a lot of value, I'm getting back to finally answering the original question, of growing that resource base. The first, we see very uh, logical, straightforward ways to get to 650, 750, 800,000, and then stretching it beyond that. But that next jump in that resource base, we think, is relatively straightforward. Right. Okay. You, you, you say you never would, but you'd be surprised how many companies come on here and, and have exactly that plan. So it's worth you stating that you wouldn't. Uh, um, okay. So so that makes sense on, 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 on Pony Creek. I guess you're not in control of, of the time. You control of what you control of. You're not in control of gold standards timing or the market's timing or your ability to you know continue to fund that at any kind of meaningful rate. Okay. Still a problem that you have to solve in terms of how do you get money into the company that doesn't, you know, you know, shoot you, through, you know, get, burn out. But was it shoot out the lights? You want to, you want to shoot out the lights with, you know, the, the, the cost of it. You want it to be cheap, but where you are now, it's it's a little bit harder to to, to do that. So you need to solve that problem, right? On on the kind of Green Springs component, which is a bit further down the uh, Cortez um, trend, um, you're going to have to work out how you come at that and when you come at that and what percentage of your efforts and, and, and cash you allocate to that. So again, so sort of, sort of tricky. Yeah, that, that's right. And, and you know, that is always the challenge when you have two projects that deserve, a project can't deserve capital, but have a strong system, good grades and a pathway to resources and, and ultimately what, what we believe will be economic deposits. So with two projects, there's always the tension between the projects as far as which project gets the capital. And until recently, because of that permit delay we experienced at Pony Creek, we always had one project that clearly was going to get the capital at any given time. See, I'm, I'm, intrigued, I'm intrigued by how you, yeah, companies, how management teams operate down, down, down at these levels, because every which way you turn, there, there's you know a brick wall. It, it, it feels like sometimes, right? And 
you know, do you say, do you know what? We, we had to go at this exploration model. Um, for whatever reason, it hasn't kind of worked out for us, but we've got a plan on, on Pony Creek. Not quite sure if we're going to have enough to replicate that or, or, uh, in terms of results or outcome for Green Springs. Maybe we just become a prospect generator. It's a slightly longer term profile, but maybe that's wh wh where we got to go just to, just to survive. Because most exploration stories just don't work out. And it's through, through no one's fault, it just they just don't. So, what what are the things that you're talking about of in terms of the what if scenarios for you guys? Yeah, sure thing. So we and this probably is not a surprise given your familiarity with George and John and and some of the other people on the team is we spend a lot of time, a lot of energy, both looking down the food chain, if you will, looking at earlier stage projects, smaller companies who may have a really attractive asset package or asset that we could bring into the fold. We spend a lot of time discussing and uh, discussing with other like-sized companies within Nevada and the wider Great Basin, looking for opportunities to perhaps round out the asset base, get bigger, increase market cap, better access or easier access to capital, scaling up. And as you scale up, you can then reach even further for larger assets, larger acquisitions. Um, and as you touched on a few minutes ago, we also spent a lot of time talking to majors and mid-tiers who may be looking for a Nevada entry point. So to us, there's not just one way to skin a cat or create value. Exploration and exploring your assets, especially when they're good assets in good places like we have in Contact Gold, that's only one avenue. And the business development, the corporate activity uh, side of the business is really important. And I think the, par the parallels with the tech industry are, are huge in that regard, is that many, uh, many tech businesses never get to build their product because Google or Apple or whoever it is come along and say, I like what they're doing and we'll, we'll snap them up and, and move along. I wouldn't want to compare myself to a tech business right now, quite frankly. No, uh, no. But you can go for it if you want. <laughs> I, well, but, but it's an interesting point you raise, right? Because the, the model is the same. The, the companies go and raise a, a, a ton of money, don't actually ever deliver a project, and they sometimes don't get taken out by Google or Apple, et cetera, especially not in this environment. You know, and, and mining is the same, same kind of, same kind of uh, success profile, right? So I, I, I kind of get the parallels, but it, it's, it's pretty dire over there at the moment. You guys, spending three million bucks, I'm kind of like, whatever. You, you give me a little bit more of the same, whatever. You're talking the language of saying, hey, because I think this was part of the problem of you guys exploding out of the gate is you had these big names, big expectations about what you could do and you found it easy to raise money and you guys put your own money in. So, you know, you kind of, you're drinking your own Kool-Aid in, in, in that sense, but you had the ability to go big um, at, at the beginning. It hasn't kind of worked out like it doesn't for thousands of, of mining companies, but you do have a very powerful management and board who, if you can roll, find assets which are any good, I don't mean cash-constrained assets which are good um, but don't have the management team would, would be perfect um, rather than cash-constrained because it's a rubbish asset. Would be good. If you guys can do a roll-up, that could be something that I think could differentiate this story from lots of other things. And with the team that you've got, 
that should be possible if you've all got your minds set to it. But if it's if that's not on the agenda, it's it's how do, I'm not sure how you get out of the long line of companies all saying the same stuff to a confused audience um, looking at gold going, hey, gold, gold price is high. Why aren't the equities following suit at the moment? So uh, where, again, it's just come back to it's come back to what your decisions is your decisions are going to make this work or not is what are you going to do to change the record? Because so far it's not working on what you're doing. It's not working in the marketplace. You're getting to that point where it's a lot of me too stuff. What do you do? Why should I be investing in you? Tell me that. Yeah, look, it, and I think you you really tackle it on on all fronts. It's it's the way you need to do it, right? We have in the projects that we have in Nevada, we have great geology for what that's worth. We have the initial resource. We know how we can grow that. We have green springs with really exciting discoveries. Um, and we know how we can progress those along. Um, we also know what the landscape is in Nevada and the Great Basin as far as opportunities to, as we just discussed, scale up, get bigger, um, do a roll up. And you know, perhaps even in doing so, you're doing a bit of a public service, right? Where your projects and companies are no longer competing in the market for that capital, but they're competing within a larger company for that capital. And the public service is that the investor now has one company to look at rather than five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever that number is. Um, and you know, that's a strategy we're we're interested in. We work on that every day, and, and we think that could be a really exciting avenue. For, for contact goal.